feel like it's been hell long since we recorded. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> Has it? Well, the Coney shit was Coney, last yeah. long? Like two weeks ago or three weeks? Shit, I don't know. My, my sense of time is all over the place right now. It's wild because before that, we was in like a little groove, huh? Yeah. We was, we was going, <laughs> we was we going was, back to yeah. back to back to back. We was I don't on even it. know what happened. Life. In terms of why we stopped, why we haven't recorded it in a minute? Oh, yeah. Um, we had a bunch of community learning stuff, just like workshops and stuff. Yeah. When, uh, when I look at back at what we did the past week, I'm like, damn. Yeah. Community learning, grocery program, free breakfast program. And then, yeah, I think even on the media tip, like, we've been doing more writings, um, teaching classes. You did that interview last week. You sure. taught last taught week. Taught a class yeah. last week. <laughs> so the work is still being pushed in terms of media and propaganda. It's just in different spaces. Yeah. And that's why y'all got to uh, tap into all the stuff we be posting because you'll be able to see, a, what do you call it? Um, the wide range. Yeah. But also the, I don't I guess like fluidity across all different platforms and, media, and yeah. mediums and the different spaces we be in. If all the different thing that we was doing. Still go back to that political objective, New yeah. Africa, nigga. <laughs> I was and I would say personally, like I learn better when you like teaching shit, like actually like teaching. I learn more from you than I learn. I don't want to say more, but it's like I prefer that style of like learning from you personally uh, when you like teaching and facilitating as opposed to the podcast. I personally prefer me writing than me coming and speaking on the podcast. I think that's my best form of. Um, Communication and quote unquote teaching, and so yeah, y'all should tap into them other to the other shit that we do to see if y'all resonate with it. Yeah, for sure. Go to uh, peoplesprograms.com Go hit that writing section. You feel me? We got some fire writing up there. You feel me? So along with this podcast, all the episodes, we also have writing different styles of political education. You feel me? Yeah. A lot of people learn in different ways. You feel me? So it's good for us to have a multitude of different. Ways for people to, to learn, for people to tap in, for people to build with us. Uh, I'm definitely juice for what, episode 110. Hella black, you know, new African class struggle. Um, really be able to tap in and understand what it means when we say class struggle. Uh, how do we engage in class struggle, right? Because it's useless to just talk about class struggle without actually engaging in it. Then you're just mm-hmm. talking for the sake of talking. Uh, but yeah, this episode we're really going to dive into, you know, the, the scientific facts <laughs> um, Why we are in a class struggle and why we must reject integration And fight for true independence, true sovereignty, uh, true self-determination But, you know, I think uh, before we do that <laughs> Black joy, nigga I have a, <laughs> I have a, um, I don't want to call it a critique or a pushback But I don't know Cause we, you know, we writing about the Panthers and shit and co-optation, and I just feel like Black Joy is been co-opted and like watered down, you know, and just like. Yeah. I, but then also, my the other part of my mind is like, okay, do like, we bro, just I let thought, it happen. You feel me? You can't let it happen. <laughs> you just gonna let the Panthers get co-opted just, without speaking on it. Yeah. I thought you was gonna be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm an Afro pessimist now. I thought nah, you was gonna nah, go nah, on nah, this. Nah. <laughs> no, I have my joyous moments to talk about. Um, I have joy shit that I want to speak on for sure. Like I have, I have joy, but. Just seeing it's how it's been it be co-opted used. for sure yeah. by the neoliberal machine and uh, turn it into a representation thing. Like, oh my God, Black Joy, you know, and the whole like rest is resistance movement. That yeah, came like my contract last night. <laughs> oh, nigga, Darius is like, nah, I don't be fucking with that shit. Just like, nap, just <laughs> take naps, and that's our <laughs> practice. Like, no, nigga, take naps. Yes, those things are like kind of like you know connected. It's connected. Yeah. yeah, you need rest for sure, but nigga, don't let that be a, an excuse. To tap out from organizing, to tap out from the work. Yeah, you live life in balance, but or just, just taking a nap. I in my life. I need to take a break. Like, taking a nap is not revolutionary. The word revolutionary be uh, thrown around a lot. Words mean even, things. Even self-care be thrown around, thrown around a lot, right? What is a individual self-care? What does that really mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, you need to take... Uh, time as an individual, but a lot, of, a lot of times it's just this hyper individual culture that's being shaped around self care. Yep. When real true care is community care. Yeah. Being, what, you feel what, me? What Krumah said, he said, uh, you know, you develop the self, but not at the expense of the whole. 
You feel me? And so like I think about that and and the way I take care of myself. Like, is this just some shit that's you know driven in my own into individual desires uh that'll have a, a negative impact on the people so like let's say like all right you know i'm supposed to be doing an assignment for people's programs and i'm like actually i'm gonna choose rest today like well how did that be choosing rest impact uh you now now do you have to pick up my slack or now does that mean a, a you know a logistical aspect of the programming is 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 thrown off and so we just got to be real um real conscious of how we choose to do like self-care how we choose to exercise our joy um and you mentioned the word you know folks throwing around revolutionary and revolution uh bro i really seen a nigga say it's revolutionary to take rest and take a nap i'm like nigga you ain't doing no rev like like okay nigga if you're doing some revolutionary work <laughs> but nigga just know your nap isn't just revolutionary in itself by itself, nigga. Malcolm said on, if people bro. knew what revolution what, what revolution was, they wouldn't play with the word so much. Revolution is bloody. <laughs> it's <laughs> bloodshed. It's sacrifice. You would use that word so lightly. Come on. <laughs> but here we go on our uh Afro pessimist adjacent tangent. We went from black joy to nah nigga don't play with revolution. What brought me joy? I got help. My, my nephew just had his third birthday party. That shit was it's wild, bro. I uh, think people be forgetting, bro. You really Uncle Roller, bro. You a real, you real unk, bro. Yeah, so do it. <laughs> yeah, it's man. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I be saying I don't want kids and shit, but you know, I got because I, I have so many in my family. You know, like I got hella siblings, and then my siblings are starting to have kids. And then you know, like I'm helping my little my uh, my youngest sister with her college applications, which is like we both. You know, some anxious annies, uh, and we'll, you know we get we get flustered. Uh, I've just had more time to can to learn to control and deal with my uh, anxiety and shit, just because she's a little younger and it's like kind of new to her. Um, but so it's wild, like us both. You can see us like getting tense when we doing these applications and whatever. Our brains is racing. I'm just having to like be the calm one and like slow us down and, and get through all that shit. But I remember when my sister was born, bro. It was like a few days before my eighth grade graduation or before I went to the eighth grade, something like that. Uh, I remember when my nephew was born. You know, I'm about to leave to New York tonight. And I think it was like one of the last times I was in New York. Uh, he was like a few weeks old or a month old. And it was my sister, like first time leaving the house with him. And we met at this diner in Harlem. It was it's wild. You tell me about that. <laughs> so, I was like, bro, he three now? I'm like, bro, bro what? But don't it seem like a long time ago? It do seem like a long time ago, but it don't at the same time. Yeah. It's, you know, like, I was like, damn, I feel like he was just born. Like, I guess he kind of was, but, like, three years old? That's how old, bro. <laughs> yeah, and me and him was talking at the uh, at the end of the party. He was sitting in his car seat, and I was asking him, did he have a good birthday and shit? And then I'm like, man, so third birthday, before you know it, you'll be 13. I'm like, damn, nigga, I'm going to be 40. <laughs> like, damn, bro, I'm going to be 40. And, you know, like, bro, we was playing basketball with you, which I'm saving the basketball stories for the extended episode. <laughs> but just to touch on it, we was playing we was playing basketball with, with Jameer. And I remember, you feel me, my granny house down the street playing with that nigga when he was like one or two years old and slapping him up and shit. And now he like busting my ass at basketball. Hey, you got that nigga a few times too though, bro. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's my joy when I can go off on a tangent. So my brother just all my family shit I've been doing just makes me hella happy. We went to Darian's baseball game, you feel me? That was just so yeah, that's that's all my black joy stuff. Yeah. I had one, and then I forgot it in the process of our pessimistic uh, tangent. For real? <laughs> I had one, but now I have another one. I was just uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was at the mosque, and it was a uh, for Juma, and it was just a good lecture on anxiety and dealing with anxiety. What is for Juma? Uh, you said what? What is Juma? You said Juma or for Juma? Ju- Juma. What's Juma? Juma is like the uh, Islamic holy holiday. Okay. So it's on Friday. Um, every Friday. Yeah, every Friday. So you like go. Uh, praying community, you know what I mean, on Friday, and then um, before you pray, there's like a, a it's called a kupa, which means like a sermon, mm-hmm. and it was basically about how to how to deal with anxiety and like how to uh, take care of yourself and your health, mm-hmm. and uh, um, the imam was talking about how, uh, you know, to be a good Muslim, it ain't just about praying and maintaining your prayers, but it's about action, 
you know, in the Quran, it talks about take care of your health. You feel me? If you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> That's accountability right there for me. I'm like, all right, shit. You know, my foot been bothering me. I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But just being able to take care of myself and deal with anxiety. It, uh, I don't know. I, I've been pretty anxious lately. So having that, uh, going to that was, was helpful for me. It just gave me some, uh, some peace and some action steps on what to do to, you know, battle this anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> we both got a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> your sister anxiety, your anxiety. I'm like, fuck, I'll talk about my anxiety. <laughs> like, fuck. Hello, anxiety, the podcast. But, uh, no, nah, that's dope, know, though. I'm happy for you. Appreciate it. Trying to find some peace. Yeah. Peace with this shit, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, Black Joy. We got to get that segment better because we were supposed to post. Did you post in Patreon? Nah, definitely did not. Post like on Patreon and on Twitter and shit, like share y'all shit. But yeah. you know, when we drop this episode, share y'all Black Joy. Yeah. And then uh, we might put it in the next episode for episode one eleven. We might share some of y'all joy. <coughs> but yeah, share y'all Black Joy on our Patreon, Patreon dot com slash Uh Tapping with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Fuck with us, you feel me? But make sure you go to that Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Support all the work we is doing, not only just with the podcast, but people's programs, the, the writings, you feel me? We, we really trying to bring this uh, political education straight to the people in a variety of different ways, you feel me? So, so support the people doing the work for the people. Yeah, and we also have a community learning happening October 7th. That will be next Thursday, right? Next Thursday. Uh, Q, who's been on the pod a bunch of times, finite resource on IG, is coming through um, to talk revolutionary pan-Africanism and revolutionary nationalism as it pertains to specific organizations and what they've been able to build. Um, Giving a real yeah. scientific analysis <laughs> yeah. of why rev- revolutionary nationalism is the way, why pan-Africanism is the way, why we need to be organized, Thousand organized, and organized, <laughs> not individual anarchy. And y'all make sure, uh, it'll be, a, for those who aren't in the Bay Area, <clears throat> And can't pull up to the space we have them at. Y'all know where that is. Um, and it'll be blasted on social media and shit. For those that can't pull up, it will be on Zoom. And all you have to do is follow our, look at our socials to get the Zoom link. And we'll also be sharing the um, slide, pre- the presentation that he'll be going over so you can follow from home. Uh, just go again, look at our social media. And also you can go to peoplesprograms.com and hit the link tree. Um and it'll take you to the Zoom link and shit. But yeah, y'all should tap in with that. I know it's going to be a good one. Yep. At People's Programs, at Hello Black Pot, tap in. Fuck with us on social media so you can stay even more tapped in. And for sure, go to our Patreon. Uh, but yeah, this episode I'm juiced for. I feel like a lot of our episodes, you know, we don't always get to go super deep into every topic. You know, yeah. we'll talk about class struggle, we'll talk about independence, we'll talk about sovereignty. But we won't always be able to get super deep into uh, exactly what these mean, right? So I think for us, we want to get deep into, uh, of course, you know, you could do a whole 12-episode <laughs> podcast just on class struggle. Alone, uh, yeah. But for us, we really want to heighten while we're talking about new African class struggle, right? If we believe in independence, we believe in sovereignty, uh, self-determination for our people, and uh, emancipation uh, from the settler colonial state, class struggle is fundamental to understand. Um, and how we wage that class struggle in our community, especially with uh, the shifting neocolonial force uh, via the black upper class, the, the Jay-Z's, the Kamala Harris's, uh, the Obama's, right? It's important for us to have a, a thorough understanding of what class struggle is so we can uh, work towards national unity. Because we're living in it right now. <laughs> and a lot of folks will... You woke up in class struggle, whether yeah. you want to admit it or not. <laughs> you woke up in class. And at struggle. least you can consciously engage now, knowing that Abbas and Delincey um, have took have taken an hour or so, an hour and a half, to uh, awaken y'all and give y'all some clear understandings and strategies and the dialectics of revolution. We are trying to guide you to the light of class struggle. Come on! And today we're gonna talk that talk. You can either consciously engage or unconsciously be subjected to it. That's that's the, that's the answer. That's that's the two red or blue pill. You know, you what you want to do? I'd rather be conscious than be a cog in a machine and just walk into this whole yeah. <laughs> representation politics and all that. But you know, I think in order for us, you know, as historical materialist, historical and dialectical materialism, we got to understand the past to understand the current. You know, if we truly understand the past, we will understand fundamentally that black people, 
new African people. We as colonized people living on stolen land, right? Uh, it's a settler colony. We was taken from Africa uh, by Europeans and forced here to this new land uh, called the Americas, right? And that was a process, of course, of, of enslavement, of genocide. Uh, we was enslaved or captured in these uh, prisons in West Africa. Then we was taken to mobile prisons on these boats and then taken to new prisons on the plantation. Uh, we were held captive uh, and forced to, to build the labor of this country. Uh, and it's fundamental that we understand that we was a colony. We still is a colonized people from our very beginning of being on this land. We've been held in uh, captivity, right? And colonies was created amongst the black belt, right? Where this industry was be being built. All, all of the money from this for the state from America roots has its roots in, in slavery, right? Where our own bodies was the biggest currency. Where banks like J.P. Morgan, banks like Wells Fargo, literally owned our people and enslaved them, right? Owned them as our people as collateral, right? So this is the foundation of this country: is this colonization? Is this colonialism? Where we, where the Europeans brought, the Americans brought a domestic colony to to here, rather than having, uh, you know, a, a colony in Africa and then shipping the raw materials and whatnot produced, they brought the colony here. And of course, they've colonized Africa as well. Yeah, as I said, you know what I mean. Through time, through time, you start to you see, see the expansion through yeah. imperialism, right? Yeah. But understanding us, we is we is under captivity, and we as a nation of people, we as new African people, we've always been African, right? Yeah, and. and this is important, right? Because if you understand your position, then you can you can start to understand your experience, right? And that's important for us as as new Africans. Um, and so, you know, you've made the point of us being a, a colony. And let's just give folks the lexicon definition of a colony so that y'all can understand what it is and move forward with this understanding, right? So, a colony is a group of people who leave their native country um, to form a, to form in a new land a settlement subject to or connected with the parent nation, right? So we say a group of people. Africans who leave their native country for us that can be Ghana, Kenya, Sierra Leone, Angola, right? Um, to form in a new land, Turtle Island, a settlement subject to or connected with the parent nation, Euro Americans, right? That it sounds like the new African experience across the diaspora, wherever they have gone to create colonies, right? You talk about Brazil, the, you know, exactly Jamaica, the right? West Indies, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the entire West Indies, uh, then going back, what after they have taken the slaves. From Africa and bringing us over here to again the Turtle Island, the America, uh, and the West Indies. Then going back to Africa, realizing now with the industrialization of the world, right, that now we need the resources from here. It's not just about keeping it a, a mecca of, of of the transatlantic slave trade. Now we need to also uh, take all of its resources and have a a permanent presence here. And so you start to see the colonization of uh, Africa that starts with the first uh, Berlin Conference. And I wish I had the exact date. Uh, but yeah, just understanding what a colony is. Now that you have that understanding, you see the, the process. Especially like of a, a settler colony, right? Yeah. And you see the uh, the process of colonization. Again, if we understand our positioning, we can start to understand our experience. Fundamentally. And we'll see our experience as a continuation, especially on this land in Turtle Island. Uh, this has been a process of reform. And people are automatically assume that reform is a positive thing. Reform is a negative energy, always, right? It's a negative energy that strengthens the As state. As it pertains to revolution. As it pertains to revolution. It's a negative energy, right? Uh, strengthens the state. Uh, the plantation reforms into a prison plantation, right? So we've seen our experience as New African, as black people living on this land, as a, in a constant state of reform. The state is constantly reformed in order to make oppression stronger, right? So now we have... Uh, more black men, more black people under correctional control than were enslaved, right? Specifically, that's around black men, right? So more under Jim Crow, right? We, we understand this is a new form of Jim Crow, right? Uh, being under correctional control, right? That Forced. Is <laughs> that is a reform. A quote unquote reform. Right. The pigs having militarized equipment in the community, that is a reform, right? The pigs going from slave patrollers to the police. That's that is a reform. A reform. <laughs> right. And through this process of reform has been a process of expansion for not only American power, but America's power uh, throughout the world. Imperialism. And right. it's, like, it's like you call you you would say it's, it's an expansion and an adaptation. Right. Like adapting to the current terrain of how we can continue to do what expand, expand and dominate. That's what we that's what reform gets you at a baseline. Fundamentally. Yeah. I mean, that's 
reform is the evolution of white supremacy. <laughs> it's the evolution of imperialism. It's in a process state of growing and growing and controlling and colonizing new lands, extracting resources from new lands, all to feed the mother colony, aka America. And it's, yeah, and it's it's important that you that we understand these things and understand at a baseline what these words what these words mean, so that we can start to detach um, whatever we feel or whatever we think and start to look at the material world, right? Like, okay, what is this actually done? In my mind, I see reform and I see pictures of Barack Obama. I see pictures of Kamala Harris. I see pictures of black cops pushing uh, folks across the street in wheelchairs. I see these things when I hear reform. I see uh, black business owners. I see uh, black basketball uh, team owners, right? Like I see these things when I see reform. What is the material impact that this is actually happening on the people? Has we it know led what to it more is. meals? Has it led to universal health care? Has it led to free education? Has it led to less poverty? Has it, less, has it led to less police murder? Has it led to less black folks incar- incarcerated? No. It's actually led, if we look at if we really do our research and pull down the, the, the blinders of reform, we will see that it has done nothing. Has it removed uh, the, the U.S. presence out of the Middle East? Has it removed the U.S. presence off of Africa? Has it removed the U.S. presence out of the West Indies? Has any of these things, have any of these reforms led to any real material impact that's diametrically opposed to U.S. imperialism? No. But hey, we got that poster. <laughs> we got that movie. We got that black lieutenant. We got integration. <laughs> <laughs> and again, reform is just fascism, as, as George Jackson has said time and time again. If that's the word I could use for reform, it would be fascism, is what George said. You know, I ain't word for word, but a summary, right? And again, like we got to understand that America in itself has no legal right to exist, no moral right to exist, no human right to exist. This is a, a, a settler colonization. It's the same way the Palestinians have had their land stolen, is the same way the indigenous people have had their land stolen. This has no right to exist whatsoever under Euro American control. And we want, when we understand class struggle, right? This is that part of that, right? It was a constant class struggle when we was enslaved and we continued to be enslaved, continued to be at the bottom of the barrel. But with integration, things have shifted. But I think it's important that we understand, like, essentially there's two truths of this class, mm-hmm. class struggle, right? Either for integration or you're for separation yeah. in this process <laughs> of class struggle, right? And if we understand integration and we just talked about reform, we know that reform was a part of that, right? Integration was an economic reform uh, to co-opt, uh, co-opt the black power movement, right? And we think about black capitalism being developed by Richard Nixon as a way to uh, co-opt the revolutionary politics of uh, the black power movement, right? Of uh, black socialist movements, of black Marxist movements, right? That was a reform. Fundamentally, that was a reform, right? Uh, then we can see the rise of, uh, you know, UCLA football team, right? Going down to Alabama, and uh, whooping them white boys. UCLA was an integrated team. Then Alabama uh, began to integrate. And the coach from Alabama was, oh, this was the best gift y'all could have had given us is was beating us because now I can recruit black people mm-hmm. <laughs> to work for their team. And now what is one of the most successful football teams in college football? University of Alabama. What are the players making? Zero. <clears throat> what are the coaches making? Millions upon millions of dollars. What are the institutions making? The institutions that literally uh, enslaved black people. Uh, the institutions that was founded during slavery where we couldn't even go to. Right? The institutions that was founded out of the money of slavery that we couldn't even go to. Right? Multi-billion dollar industry is college athletics. Right? So that was an economic decision. There was a bunch of black businesses thriving. Right? Even in, uh, in the separate economy. Right? It was a still capitalist. Right? But it was a because the segregation was separate. What happened is all those black businesses was destroyed with integration, right? So that was an economic warfare and an economic decision to uh, integrate black people into the system more so then the system becomes stronger. That's fundamentally what happened. That's a scientific truth. Yeah. Um, shit, we look at the the highest <laughs> form of, of integration is supposed to be a... Uh, what did the Emancipation Proclamation when, when <laughs> slavery was in it, right? The highest form of integration when we understand. I was talking to, um, I can't remember who I was talking to. I'm like, damn, they really conditioned us to believe that uh, the ending of slavery was a was a moral decision. 
when you start to understand that the that north, was economic. The north wanted to industrialize, right. and the south wanted to wanted to expand plantations and maintain the ones that they currently had, right? And then you realize the highest form of integration is the ending of slavery. Come on. And what do we know still to be true? Is it Thirteenth Amendment? Thirteenth Amendment, where slavery can still be is still legal by punishment of 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 breaking the law. Yeah. So involuntary servitude. Once yeah. you break the law, involuntary servitude, slavery. Then we go to the Fourteenth Amendment, which makes us quote unquote citizens. Without our choice, we never consented to that process. So, like you said, bro, this is literally the highest, cons- form, the highest form of this shit was the end of slavery, it, and then it's been reforming since then. What, is, what was Malcolm said about integration? What you want to be able to sit on the toilet next to the white man? <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to the theater next to the white man? <laughs> you want to stay at a restaurant next to the white man? <laughs> what is this accent? <laughs> Because I wish I had this shit. This uh, probably need better production because they would have known to like have these. Th- I mean, we could, st- but that's gonna be. Yeah. I'm not gonna go off on a tangent, but again, right? <laughs> the highest form of integration was the end, the quote unquote ending of slavery, right? That was the highest form of integration, the highest form of reform. And what did they do? The plantation still exists. Just go on over to Angola, go to San Quentin, go to Folsom. Them, them plantations still exist. Straight up, they still niggas shit. Go to Amazon. The plantation <laughs> still exists. Go to Tesla. The motherfucker still exists. Shit, go to your grocery. Go to your grocery store. Exploited labor. They just change the type. Uh, change the type of labor, right? Yeah. Wage, wage labor slavery, right? Where these uh, owners and CEOs is making millions upon billions, while the average worker is making fifteen dollars, right? And in order for the average worker to make that money, what is happening across the world to fund these corporations, right? Imperialism is happening, right, to help fund this. Uh, welfare state in America to where we get these uh, quote-unquote added benefits to keep the worker calm, to keep the worker in a state of subjugation while this imperialist state is uh, stealing more and more resources. So fundamentally, class struggle, there's two truths. You either integrate or you believe in independence. And if we are anti-capitalist, like a lot of us claim, if we are anti-imperialist, like a lot of us claim, if we are anti-colonization, like a lot of us claim, the next scientific truth is to fight for independence. It's to fight for separation. To fight for self-governments. And we don't have to look at these things as if they never happened. Like again, we you know we starting to dive into a history of Pan African Revolt, right? That just talks about the different liberation movements um, across across the diaspora, um, starting in seventeen thirty nine. I want to say. Hold on, I got the notes. Don't worry. Sean, don't look at me. I just opened the book. 1739 with, uh, with the Haitian Revolution. Hold on. Let me make sure I got this right. All right. I don't have it written down, but 1793, whatever. Y'all know it. Y'all niggas know it. Somewhere in the 1700s, <laughs> the Haitian Revolution, right? But the point is, we don't have to look. We don't have to look hella far to act, we don't have to we don't have to act like what we're speaking of is uh this far fetched idealistic thing, right? Like separation has happened and it has yielded far more results than um integration has in terms of true African independence and liberation. Uh you think about the first Pan African Congress in nineteen nineteen, right? That's that's adapting this mode of, of separatism, of sovereignty, of self determination, and you see what is birthed of that, right? Um you see Kwame Nkrumah becoming the first president of, Indi- of independent Ghana. You see Julius Nairi, Seko Toure, Amir Carl Cabral, right? Uh, these things happen. And of course, if we understand Western imperialism, folks might, the, the pessimist and the colonizer might not view their actions as wins. Uh, because of course we see in situations like um, the colonizer view their actions as wins. That's why they did everything to <laughs> yeah, stop the fucking yeah. shit into install neocolonialism and to uh, train neocolonial African forces to overthrow. Because they knew it was going to win. They knew it was going to overthrow the empire. Same way they overthrew the Black Panther Party and destroyed the Black Panther Party. They knew the Black Panther Party was going to overthrow this. Yeah, country. but you know you have motherfuckers who say like, oh, <laughs> Kwame and Kuma. My bad, bro. No, nah, you good. Nah, that, cause you, you 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 prove your points. But I'm saying like, you know, you'll have people that say Kwame and Kuma failed. Um, because Ghana wasn't able to maintain that independence. But if we know what we know about imperialism and colonization, right? Like, what does it mean when the colonizer takes away all the infrastructure, when it takes out the plumbing, when it takes out the, the, the lights, when it takes out, uh, again, the whole in- industry that it is put into your, and put into your country? Um, and if we understand dialectics, we understand that uh, if we have a historical materialist lens, right? If we knew what we knew and understood that 
um, if we would have, if the global terrain would have been different and folks had more resources to pour into Africa, uh, if Africa didn't, if the U.S. didn't have global domination, who knows? Um, well, we know what would have happened. Niggas would still be independent and sovereign, right? Uh, and so, just saying that there, we don't have to talk about sovereignty and independence as if it doesn't exist. Or if it, yeah, we, especially for Africans, like people act like this is some far fetched thing of like, well, what do we do? Like this, we have history that shows us. Should we have even have history here in the United States of separation under nationalist tens? Right, the Gullah Geechee people, the Maroon communities, out in South Carolina. You feel me? Like, like we have real life <laughs> examples, the Quilombos in Brazil. Like we have real life examples. Of Africans separating and building their own communities with nationalist tendencies, and realizing the national liberation and having national unity amongst their own people to free themselves from the plantation—that is our human right. Bro. And you, you see, like even—and <laughs> it's uh, happened. Yeah, like you said, bro. you'll see places in the continent where you saw mortality rates, uh, dec- immortality rates, de- immortality rates decrease. Right? You saw uh, education increase. Shit, even here in. Uh, Oakland, where you saw the Panthers doing sickle cell testing and research, right? Like, we have real tangible and material things that we can point to to show that uh, independence and sovereignty points to increasing quality of life, whereas to reform all the things we just named, did it increase education for the masses? No, you might see a petty bourgeoisie class emerge, black middle class emerge, uh, where these newly formed, where these newly uh, more class adjacent to, to the white supremacists start to form, and now they're you know, having access to some of these leisures and luxuries. But, the but what masses, do you do for the masses of the worker, the lumping proletariat, not the poorest of the poor? Talk. But whereas you see the Black Panthers, who is, the, who is these services going to? Where you see Ghana, Guinea-Bissau, uh, Tanzania, where are these services going to? To everybody and, and, and definitely impacting the poor folks. So again, we got, we got over a half a century, fucking centuries of, of shit to point to. Uh, in terms of what sovereignty and self-determination and nationalism has done for new Africans and Africans across the diaspora. Right. And this isn't like there's a process of building separation. This is a process of building independence. Right. And if those are your political objectives, you will work towards that, even though you still have to engage somewhat in this capitalist system. This capitalist system is so strong that we have to get our feet wet in it to some degree. Right. But if we have the political objective of of uh, separating ourselves, we know that's our goal, and we're gonna constantly move towards that goal. Because if you willingly choose to be a part of this machine, you is choosing not only your own death but your people's death. That that's a, a fundamental scientific truth. Being a part of this killing machine will fund your own death and be a part of your own people's death. Right? You wouldn't tell. And it's it's so sickening the. But it speaks to the level of American propaganda, you know what I mean, that they tell you to join and pick yourself up from the bootstrap and this is the way to make change. No, it ain't. Would you ever tell a Jew to join the Nazi regime to make change? No. What happened with with the Nazi regime? <laughs> yeah, the, one of the biggest world, world wars was fought to stop the Nazi no regime. There was that caused so much pain and, and, uh, and, and detriment and fucking massacred, massacred people. There was no way that you can build with the person like that no way maybe down the line but nigga we need some we gotta hold on wait 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 like I, i'm supposed to just jump straight into this shit i'm supposed to believe my oppressor that uh, my oppressor is gonna uh, willingly give me my freedom that is a uh, uh illogical mean, it don't even come it like it don't make sense to anyone that's even preaching like a, a restorative a restorative justice approach right even if we if we reduce it to that if if you harmed me and i harmed you if you harm, if I harmed you in in your process, you would be able to say like, actually, I think we need to like take some space away from this shit. I need to get what I need first before we can just inter- be back connected, right? Why would you ask? And I and that's we're not talking about centuries of me of me stealing your kids, of of rape and pillage and, and brutality and mutilation. We're not talking about that. So we talking about the most extreme, horrendous forms. Of oppression and murder and violence that you can do to a people, and we supposed to just, hey man, all right, now we can sit at the movie theater together. Nah, bro, I need to be able to. I, I, I'm supposed to trust that you got my best interest at heart, that you changed overnight. We talking about uh, our people have been subjugated to genocide. Genocide, exactly. The word, all the the word, the one word I should have used that sums up all the shit. The genocide. And we're supposed to repair <laughs> shit with our oppressors there ain't no repairing to be done there's too much death that has already happened ain't no repair ain't no restoration and the, the only thing we can get is reparations through the new african nation 
that's the only repair I need. <laughs> I agree. His land is independence. And I guess the point that I'm trying to make is like how psychotic and irrational it is to not even even want to put time between some shit. Like, all right, we just supposed to jump straight into this. Like, bro, there's been no time for me to We're supposed to, just to jump get straight what I need for me yeah. to create the conditions for me for you to never do that to me again. We're not even creating the conditions for me to never do it. If you really got my best interests at heart, how about I give you what you need to make sure that. I can never even have the opportunity to do what I did to you again. If I'm really, if I'm really hell bent on repairing this, if I'm really hell bent on seeing you thrive, which they say they are under reform, right? Integration. Like, nah, I, I want to see you succeed. Well, if I truly want to see you succeed, how about I give you what you need to succeed? Not bur- not bury feed you. Not bury feed. That's not we can't even call it reform bury feeding because again, what does it do for the masses of people? That's not it. it it's. it's it's a false analysis to say Murphy. <laughs> I mean, reform and integration has only created a neo-colonial class uh, within our community. Uh, uh, a black upper bourgeoisie and then a black upper middle class bourgeoisie that has aligned themselves with the state, that has aligned themselves uh, with capitalism um, and chosen that path, right? But it's important for the black middle class to reject that and, and to put uh, their work and the, the ability and the skills that they have uh so we give it to the movement fundamentally because new, otherwise you're a neocolonial force. I'm saying, understand what you're being used as. You, yeah. You're being used as a ploy. You're being used as, used as a method of subduction to convince the masses that they too can have access to what you have, knowing that there can only be a few, a few of us at any given moment because to have all of us will be what? Detrimental to the system of capitalist monopoly mm-hmm. imperialism, right? It would, it would be monopoly capitalist imperialism. It would be the complete opposite mm-hmm. of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and so, like you said, right, like there is a place, I think sometimes when we talk about uh, black middle class folks or the, the petty bourgeoisie, they be feeling hurt and triggered. Like, well, so y'all don't want me? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, nah, we tell you there's a place there's a, for you. important role. I mean, to use them skills, to, to use, use them bourgeoisie resources. skills, shit, nigga. I got bourgeoisie skills from going to UC Berkeley, nigga, and I'm using my bourgeoisie skills from going to UC Berkeley and going to these uh, quote unquote prestigious universities, and I'm using the skills I got for the people. For we are only bridge. I'm using it to build doctors. a new African nation, nigga. We, we gonna, gonna need, need all that shit. We gonna need we gonna <laughs> we gonna need all of it. You know what I'm saying? But just like, what are you using it for? Are you using it to be a, pl- a neo-colonial agent? Mm-hmm. Are you using it to support? The working class to support the poor. And through that process of class struggle, we we're saying that the black middle class, the black uh, bourgeoisie, needs to use it to support pick a new side. African nation. You can to either consciously pick people. a side, either pick 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 the death <laughs> machine or pick freedom. Yeah, pick the death machine or pick freedom. Fundamental is two truths. Yep. <laughs> right. If you don't, then you'll get what the Obamas, the Kamala Harris. You get the black athletes that make the corporations billions. You get the black geniuses that contribute to the to to the building and maintaining of the empire. You get black soldiers fighting in the army. And that's the thing about uh, this integration philosophy is, you know, they'll use the kings, right? Like F. Martin Luther King didn't say himself, I think I've integrated my people into a burning house. They'll use the W.B. Du Boises, one of the most, those two people are some of the most praised assimilationists. Some of the most praised integrationists, but what's happened is the neoliberal uh, democratic war machine has co-opted their legacies uh, and turned it into a form of controlled opposition. Where it's like, no, you need to be like the kings, be assimilationist, right? They'll use te- uh, Du Bois's talent to ten theory when Du Bois literally rejected that uh, and became a pan-Africanist, right, and believed in revolutionary nationalism. Right, they don't tell you those truths. So if we look at the most praised assimilationists, the most praised integrationists, they all Said it was bullshit. If you look at the evolution, right? If you look at their evolution and their full understanding as a person and their full growth as an African, they began to realize, nah, I was on some other shit, right? And that's yep. that's the mark of trial and error. <laughs> I, I, I could understand. That's development. Yeah, it's development. It's the epochs yeah. of, of Africans. It's the yeah. evolution of, okay, I could see why you might have tried that back in that, those days. But, of course, that didn't work. So it would be foolish to keep trying it again. It'd be foolish for us to not learn from our own history and to repeat the same mistakes that Du Bois made, to uh, repeat the same mistakes that Martin made. Yeah, right? Again, if we, historical and dialectical materialism, historical materialism allows us to look back at what they did and learn from their wins and their losses. That's what it allows us to do, right? And if 
we can do that and understand these people in their entirety, we'll see that the uh, neo-colonial propaganda machine has chosen to take a moment in time of their lives and evolution and frame them as that's exactly what they were. That's all they were. It's a reductionist tactic. It's a historical tactic. And it's a neo-colonial tactic, right. period. And they co-opted in the legacy of the Panthers, you know, stay stay uh, tapped in with our Rodney's, you know, there's a new, new Rodney coming soon. <laughs> that's, man. Mm. But uh, it should, it'd be disgusting. It'd be bro. disgusting the way yeah. how, but it's controlled op- opposition. It's counterinsurgency, it right? It's the way that the state works. So that's also a part of this process again of class struggle. It's understanding how your enemy work. You got to study your enemy. You got then you can predict the moves of your enemy. You feel me? When you might see something that disguised as freedom, right? Where uh, Barack Obama was seen as oh, this new hope, this new black hope, right? You had some <laughs> folks going as far as to calling him. Ma- Ma- what is it? What of Malcolm X? The legacy of Malcolm X, mm. yeah, Tennessee coach, right? Uh, again, another part of that going to uh, hell. bourgeoisie going you know, hell for telling those. Like oh, that. yeah, you going? You go straight to hell. Come on, bro, you can't just. Mm, yeah, I, I don't even know at any point in Malcolm's like when we talk about if you wanted to take a moment in time and freeze it and say, okay, this is where Malcolm was vouching for a black president. I don't think that ever existed. Nowhere. I don't think that ever existed. Nowhere in time. So, so that's not even reductionist. This is completely ahistorical. Is completely it's false a lie. and made up. It's a complete lie, but again, lie. that's part of class struggle, right? So part of class struggle is being able to uh, identify these neo-colonial actors in our community, right? The national bourgeoisie, the the Coates, right? The, the Barack Obamas, right? The Kamala Harris's, right? But we also see controlled opposition of integrational uh, integrationist force, right? Counterinsurgent uh, organizations, right? We see uh, the NAACP, uh, the Urban Leagues, right? The 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 Jesse James and the uh, shit, people ain't gonna be like this one. The Cornell West who come into these protests and go arm in arm and say we need peace. <laughs> no, just ain't the new folks. You name a lot of old people, but the, uh, but the new, these new Shoot, people. I mean, just, what nigga? We see the uh, Sean King. Sean King was it Patrice Colors? Is that Patrice her name? Colors? Right. Uh, the the Garzas, the Durays, Right. Uh, th- that is all controlled opposition. But there's many examples. Of these people, the people down the streets, right? These uh, big nonprofits that give the illusion of radicalism and co-opt the language, but their actions uh, is purely uh, counter-revolutionary, purely funneling people into the democratic machine, purely funneling uh, the radical energy of the people into uh, Bernie Sanders campaign, right? We, we see that day in and day out. That's, that's the, the role of this uh, controlled opposition is to tell niggas to bank black. After a black person is killed, go get you a black credit card. That's controlled opposition. That is uh, this representation into black capitalism, right? Which, again, we already talked about Nixon creating black capitalism, right? So when you talk, you say, oh, I'm a black capitalist, understand he was siding with Richard Nixon, right? <laughs> Fundamentally. And that was used to co-op uh, the revolutionary movements, uh, other black power movement, other black Panther Party, right? Mm-hmm. And again, the neocolonial class, it's just backed... By the state, right? <laughs> it's backed by court, the corporate monopoly. You feel me? So the state is giving you this shit legit to funnel your people into a cycle of death. Fundamentally. Yeah. Right? So being able to identify that, right? When a organization that claims to be about uh, liberation and says they're anti-police, but then they is working with district attorneys to get ghost guns off of the street. And to take those guns away from Africans, right? To that's take guns away from Africans, that's a, a contradictory mm-hmm. effort, right? And uh, that's the pro- process of class struggle is naming what is happening so the people can identify it, so the people aren't fooled into thinking that this is about true liberation, true independence. Because these words true mean things. Again, you can't say liberation. You cannot say revolution. You cannot say radical. Those have, and as it pertains to new Africans in America, that has a very anti-colonial, anti-imperialist, anti-capitalist, anti-integrationist stance. Period. These are these aren't rules that Abbas and Delinsky are making up. This is centuries of history that states these claims. That you cannot use these words and be in alignment with the same systems, peoples, apparatuses that have led to the domination and genocide of our people. But that's what it is. Straight up. And anyone that, again, use these words, you have to be able to say, like, okay, well, you say this, but you do this, right? And not to say that, um, I think Jaleel on, what was that, episode 107 or 108 or whatever, he talked about, you know, simultaneously lobbying lobbying for positions in, you know, uh, 
city council, local governments. Um, but whilst if you if you if that's all you're doing without having the programs, like the the real programs, right? Like programs for decolonization. For decolonization, we can have and we can have anti-violent programs, right? Anti-violence programs um, that at the root, you know, aim towards stopping and healing our stopping the violence between our people and healing our people because that's what needs to happen, right? Um, but there, if we again talk about the dialectics, the process of healing, uh, it wouldn't start with taking guns off the street. It, it wouldn't start with that. It would start with making sure people have food, making sure they have housing, making sure they have adequate clothing and resources, and then going from there and understanding the history of gang violence in these territories and what has led to this. Um, and also, why, you know, why, why are we taking, why is any radical, why is any revolutionary joining with the pig to take guns from black people? Knowing the history, especially in California, knowing the history of gun control as it pertains to the Black Panther Party. I mean, if you identify with revolution, you identify with war against the neo-colonial agents and against, and against the empire, right? So, so you, that's clear. what you identify with. If you if you if you preach in revolution, if you preach in liberation. So it's clear people is just uh preaching this not for revolution. Or they don't know what they're talking about. And if that and that's fine too, but at least tell the people you don't know. Actually I need to take a step back um and I need to reassess what I've been talking about and learn what this really means. Again, these is these are I didn't make up the rules, right? This is not don't take it personal. This is not a, a Delincey versus I mean it is because of what I believe in, you know. I'm a revolutionary nationalist. I'm a revolutionary pan-Africanist. So, so therefore, anyone that's um, leading the people into a burning house of integration uh, and that's trying to make more neocolonial agents, you know, we are opposed just by what we believe in. Uh, so I guess it is me versus y'all. But <laughs> um, if you want, if you don't want it to be me versus y'all, change your actions. You feel me? That's all it is. Oh, and this is that process of class struggle <laughs> again. <laughs> reaffirming the points that this we're trying to make. This is for the people. Make. What we're doing right now is for the people. Some of y'all might take this personal and it's, it's going to burn you up inside. And that's cool. It's either going to make you go harder on your neocolonial shit or it's going to make you tap in. But hey, hold on. You know, or make you have a Twitter tantrum. Shit, you know, resonated with me. Uh, how can I be different if the people, if being there for the people is is, uh, is really my goal? Yeah. But again, you have the black billionaires. What is their role? What is the role of Jay-Z? What is the role of Carters, right? To convince you to work harder, to convince you to invest in him, to convince you that you may one day be like him, to convince you to buy his products so that I can be richer. Uh, when I was talking to my barber yesterday about black billionaires, and I was like, we talking about black billionaires and about socialism, right? And I'm like, you know, what he's come to understand about socialism is a result of Western propaganda. I'm like, man, somebody told you right now, Pook, that... For if you just worked eight hours a day, or if all of us in this, if you worked eight hours a day, um, that it can contribute to everyone in your community having free health care, wouldn't you do it? Like, wouldn't you go pick up trash around the city for eight hours? He's like, oh, without question. I'm like, yeah, bro, that's what socialism is. <laughs> you feel me? We all contributing to the greater good. You feel me? Uh, and that doesn't mean that that's all you got to do is pick up trash, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you're going to be able to still do some of the things that that make Pook happy as long as it's not the expense at the other people, right? Um, Nigga, you still be cutting hair under socialism. Yeah, but and so <laughs> niggas thinking the socialism, you only gonna get one type of haircut. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to just be like trying to put it in practicality of like, <laughs> yeah. bro. So like, that's that's how you moving as someone who cares for the people, right? Yeah. Now, what about a billionaire who has, who can just cut twenty percent, thirty percent, forty percent, fifty percent of what they got and really have real material change for the people? Um, and when, anybody that's gonna get on here and say, oh, people work for what they got. Uh, we, we just told you why they don't because of the accumulation of wealth in this society. Especially if we're talking about crackers and their allies, right? They exploited somebody. If you we even looking at looking at a Rihanna, like Rihanna exploits labor. Period. She exploits fucking children in she India. Ex she exploits labor for uh, I think the material is called Mika for her uh, brand. And so if anyone enslaved children, if anyone is making the 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 declaration that they care for people, wouldn't it show up in their actions like? If, if Jay Z cared about the people, why would he invest in ankle monitors? At the baseline, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's you don't have to exploit people. Like at the at anybody, you don't have to exploit people. Or what are you saying? Okay, well that's the way that capitalism desires things. Then reject capitalism. Reject yeah. it. No one's making you have these discrepancies in pay in your organization. No one's making you take uh, exploit the labor of folks in sweatshops. No one's making you do that. Again, we understand capitalism, right? So I can't say Jay Z is supposed to just have this uh, super ethical machine because at some you point you can't in the have process, an ethical machine. In capitalism, to be a billionaire, right? you have to the resources is coming from. I yeah. mean, to even participate, like we got these phones from exploitation of the Congo. You know what I'm saying? Who knows where this table was made? Who knows where this wood was taken from uh, in fucking South America, right? I'm not 
I'm not blaming them for for that because I understand how systems work. What I'm saying is along the lines to reach the status of billionaire, they have made the choice to exploit people. Period. Whether that's like, okay, I'm gonna start this sweatshop and I'm gonna pay these niggas, you know, five dollars an hour, three dollars an hour, two dollars an hour. I don't know what they're paying them. As opposed to looking, man. My kids, 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 kids are straight. I can give these niggas a living wage, like a real living wage, like twenty dollars an hour, thirty dollars an hour, and it wouldn't do nothing to me. I would still see an increase in profit. No human being needs a billion dollars. Like if nigga, I might respect Jay Z if he gave around if he gave nine hundred ninety five million dollars away. You could keep your five million. <laughs> if you gave all that money away, you gave it to the people. Still, you made it by exploitation, right? But <laughs> nigga, at least you gave your shit away. Yeah, and, and what people you will know? say is, people will say that you know he does give money the way he does have charities. But what is it contributing to? Nigga, his charity is to wash money, nigga. But, but also, like, <laughs> let's say, let's say at a baseline, yeah. he was he was giving money to NYPD. Like, what is that contributing to? This the same systems that's out there choking motherfuckers to death. Straight up. Okay, let's say he gives this money to. Uh, so whatever nonprofit, like again, what what does uh what it what what material impact does this have on the masses of people? Not just oh, is it this you know like the we got y'all shit from fucking uh, insecure where you're able to go into these communities and find the 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 gems of the folks who can contribute, you know, the most well spoken, the most well dressed, the folks the, the the niggas that make you feel the most comfortable and prop them up, and now boom, they in the same neo colonial system, right? Like, what is it really doing for the masses of people? To make them have their everyday needs met, or is it giving them a greater shot at succeeding in capitalism? That's what most of these things do, right? Like, nigga, I was a scholarship athlete. That was giving. That was what giving me a shot at a greater impact in capitalism. You had fucking uh, Des Bryant. Did you see this shit? For one, mm, let me check myself. I've been putting my uh, social no, media timer because there's like it's about to get it's a little. <laughs> it's about to, so this is by no way in defense. Of Colin Kaepernick, period. I got my own holdups around this nigga that, you know, I'm just not fucking with how he moving. I'm not about to go into a whole tangent about it, but I want to talk about how people connect dots that don't exist, right? So Des Bryant are trying to apply solutions to, or have these solutions that don't address the real problem. Des Bryant got at uh, Colin Kaepernick about, like, if you really wanted to help people, you would have gave them jobs. Like, okay, what kind of jobs that would have really impacted people's lives like ten dollars an hour when niggas are still on government assistance what does that really do for people and also the nigga was protesting police brutality how does giving people jobs address police brutality and so again so the black give you a credit you know, card. Like, it, again it's the bank black how do like, how does that solve niggas kicking in doors and shooting motherfuckers how does how that does solve that planting drugs on niggas how does that solve wrongfully convicting trayvon niggas? martin a child you know to me right and so again but that's what reform does right it conditions people to think about these prop these solutions that don't really address the problem does that make sense i'm trying to make sure I can yeah. the dots. okay yeah and so that's what we get again with it's reform. illogical it, it ain't scientific it ain't, it's not it, it ain't scientific in the approach but not at all that's what this uh, uh people who is buying into monopoly capitalism people who is buying into these corporations people who is buying into the states they come up with these solutions, because that's what they believe in. They believe in monopoly capitalism. They believe jobs is the answer to our oppression. They believe integration is the answer Look, man, to our oppression. In 1755, you couldn't find an unemployed slave, nigga. <laughs> we wasn't, it wasn't shit popping. You couldn't find an unemployed slave with no. shit popping, man. And guess what we got here? This is what we got here. But the solutions, I think we, we can start moving into... Some of the solutions, right? We, I felt like we gave y'all a, a decent understanding of how to understand class struggle, how to identify uh, neocolonial actors in, in the community. Uh, but now it's like, all right, how do we fight back, right? And I think a uh, perfect example is through decolonization programs, right? Through material work, uh, through building alternatives to the state and building up alternatives where we can practice uh, uh, autonomy, have our own independence, right? We, we, through this process, we just pointed out the contradictions of the state, right? Through the work that we is doing here at People's Programs, we were able to show the contradiction that we as uh, new African socialists are able to provide health care free for the people. And what does the state do? Provide pigs. We are able to provide free health, uh, free meals. What does the state do? Provide nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Those yeah. point out the universal truths that fighting for independence, fighting for socialism, 
new African socialism is better. And it gives <laughs> you folks something, me? It gives real, it. something real to buy into, right? Because it's not just about getting online and or going outside and just bashing the system, bashing the system. Like, nah, this shit don't work. This shit is oppressing you. Nah, nah, fuck the system, fuck the system. Without simultaneously showing them, giving them a real solution and so, showing them something that works, right? Like, it's very, decolonization programs are very practical as it pertains to um, nation building and liberation because it's not only giving people to buy something to buy into and giving us something to unify around that's rooted in science and material. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really giving us something to buy into and build and not just talk about. And that's what you see in the decolonization programs. That's what you see in free breakfast programs. That's what you see in free groceries. That's what you see in a health clinic. That's what you see in community learning, right? Creating the spaces, um, not just not just talking and bashing shit, but you know, building something simultaneously. I'm gonna show you what socialism looks like. You feel me? I'm, we gonna show you what New Africa looks like through our work, through our organizing. Like I can't just theoretically. Socialism is about practice. Revolution is about practice. Revolution is about positive energy, right? Through this positive energy of decolonization programs, we is literally building independent systems from the state to work to free the land from Euro-American control. And through that process, we point out the contradictions of the state. That is class struggle in itself. It's showing people there is a way. Why would we expect somebody to believe in socialism if they ain't never seen it? You feel me? Like Some people need to see that alternatives can be built. And show you exactly, okay, well, these people be fucking with me. The state don't do shit. Because at least, I will say, at least the neocolonial, the, 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 the colonizer every once in a while will give you that new black billionaire. They will give you that scholarship athlete. They will, they will. give you that new owner. They're going to show you, like, look at nigga, hey, right. man, if we you got something this, here for you. You know, you can have your talk show like Oprah, you feel me, as if opposed you do this. To, as opposed to these niggas that's running around talking liberation, uh... Revolution, but ain't giving you nothing to point to. This is why, again, we talk about we got to give you all science. We got to talk about the first Pan African Conference. We got to talk about revolutions in Haiti. We got to talk about Nat Turner. We got to talk about the Panthers, right? We got to talk about Cuba. We got to talk about these things that actually existed because they were there. And we got to give you all something to something material to point to. The same way the colonizer does. The colonizer going to give you the film director. It's going to give you the writer. It's going to give you the athlete. It's going to give you the corporation leader. It's going to give you the businessman. It's going to give you all of that. And so any um, any person talking liberation and, and revolution, we gotta get we gotta get the people something to look into, bro, something for real. And that's why I value class struggle, and I understand it's very important as it pertains to the process of revolution because it's pointing out the fakes, and at the same time, it's giving a base for unification for the people through decolonization programs. Mm-hmm. Through class struggle, we'll begin to have national unity mm-hmm. and be able to reject integration, and be able to reject. Uh, being a part of this so-called death machine, of this real death machine, so-called American death machine, right? That's the process of class struggle. So if y'all got more questions, you feel me, go to our Patreon, drop it, drop it in the comments, ask y'all questions, you feel me, and hopefully this gave y'all a, a good basis, you feel me, and we ain't dogging nobody. I mean, we dogging some people, I guess you could say, but based off of the politic, you feel me, we showing people uh, the principles of revolution and you know uh, i want to close close with a, a quote from jaleel it says it can be here hereby determined the black middle class petty bourgeoisie cultural nationalists can be allied to new african working class upon realizing black capitalism as a tool of the colonial ruling class oppressors utilized by their neo-colonial agents the national black bourgeoisie right if we I'm ending with that because I don't want people to see that, oh, we just dogging them the whole time. I know you have an opportunity to change. <laughs> you have an opportunity to uh, give your money to the people to support decolonization programs. There's the opportunity there. Now you're either going to be for the revolution or against it. And it's that's to say, coming from a nigga who worked in the academy, <laughs> coming from a nigga who worked at a nonprofit. Like, you can do it. I was at that nonprofit Monday through Friday, but I was at People's Breakfast Open on Sunday. Feel me? <laughs> like, use those skills for the people. Yeah, use them, man. A space for all of us. Uh, do, yeah, do y'all research on some of the shit we talking about? All them revolutions, you know, the Haitian Revolution that I couldn't get the date right, but you know, somewhere in there in the seventeen hundreds, y'all go ahead and look it up. Seventeen, it got a nine in it. it. Was it eighty nine? Something eighty nine? Nah, maybe maybe ninety one. Seventeen ninety one. Ninety one. There we go. Put this at the beginning of the episode because niggas kill me. Like, nigga, and we are reading so much. People don't understand. Like, yo, I'm reading. We are reading so much. That's so, 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 so. We're reading so many books right now. 
so many books. I'm not even, and I was always bad at history. I fuck. Like I said that on this podcast a few times. I've told you that, like, bro, I hate history. I'm bad with dates, names, and people <laughs> and places. Haitian Revolution, 1791. Go look into it because that gives you an example of the workers, of the poor rising up, nigga. Straight up. Straight up. We are our own liberators. But, you know, we fit the paywall. Patreon.com slash Black Pod to tap in to the rest of this episode.